Okay. Welcome to the Futile Podcast. Tonight, we got Zach and Ian, and we're going to talk about the JCVD, the uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme film where he goes to the post office, and in Brussels they call banks post offices. I don't know, that part was confusing. Uh, and he plays himself. Maybe it's the same thing, a bank and a post office, the same thing in, in uh, that, Belgium. Maybe, yeah. I mean, everything's so... I mean, I don't know how politics are there, if everything's so, like, socialized that it's all combined into one <laughs> thing. Um, or if they're both private things and so banks have decided to take over that mm-hmm. section as opposed to here where you know the post office is a government thing um yeah yeah i uh this is one of the one of the two two dollar movies i got from uh from a say, dvd sale so i was uh, i had heard good things about it and i was like you know i'll check this out what the heck so uh you were excited to watch it because you'd seen it before yeah so. i i had seen the uh i had seen it Subtitled, uh, and this time we watched it dubbed in English. Right, and I can definitely say, and it may just be because I watched it the second time and I've never seen it, but that the uh, the subtitled original thing, when it comes to live action, is always superior. I think I'm inclined to agree with you. Yeah, it's just something that takes you out of it when you're seeing. The, I didn't have too much because an anime, an anime. It's you know what? Flap. You got you got mouth flap anyway, and it's going to happen even if it's like. And I believe that with anime, I believe that they, they, they the process is the same whether they're um, for for the Japanese dub, if you will, too. They, they, they do it after, yeah. um, as opposed to something like you know the Disney animations yeah. and stuff where they record it all and then they can kind of match. They try to match stuff. It to their I mean, I was, I was watching the, the special features on Afro Samurai Resurrection, and they t- the Japanese guys were talking about how. They have three mouth positions: open, closed, and midway. Mm-hmm. Like you know, um, and for they had like outsource it to like an American company because the, the Afro Samurai was originally done to have an English yeah. track first, right? And so it's like the mouth movements to really match it. Correctly. But anyway, yeah, yeah. For I, I generally don't like um, live action dubs of foreign films. Um, but I don't know. This one, it didn't. But I, I figured we'd start it and then see how it looked just because I just didn't feel mm-hmm. like re- doing a lot of reading right now because I'm illiterate. <laughs> and uh, and it just kept moving and I was like, you know what? I'm fine with this. Right. Um, uh, I, I didn't notice it too badly. I mean, obviously he didn't sound bad. Van Damme sounded fine. Right. I think that that was okay. Well, because like in a Jackie Chan movie, I think he dubs his own right, stuff. Right, yeah. But... Um, and he has a handful of things he says in English in it. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of cuts back and forth. It's about, it's sort of about, like, his real life of his custody for his daughter and how he's kind of in a rough place, and then he has this experience being a hostage in this right. heist, and it kind of puts everything into, I don't know what it's really supposed to do for him. I guess it just kind of gets... <laughs> well, it, it, it ends life. up centering him by the end of it. He realizes right. that he needs to stop worrying about that stuff and just kind of do his best and try to help people. And I mean, he always had the attitude of that, though. That, that part where he has he gives this soliloquy, basically. Yeah. But he... Uh, <clears throat> uh, the, the one thing, I when I first saw it, I, I thought it was going to be something else because I thought there was going to be a lot more like... First of all, the uh, the criminals weren't very ruthless. No, there was one guy who's like the crazy guy who takes need over, that, yeah. like the uh, Dwight Yoakam character in uh, Panic, <laughs> Panic Room. Room. Yeah, um, and he's not necessarily like he's not the lead. He's not the head guy. I think the big fat guy was the head guy. I guess. And yeah. uh, and he kind of takes over from him pretty quickly. And he's obviously the it's, one who's. You never really understand what they're doing. They're supposed to be robbing it, but the place looks very sparse. I don't get well, the sense there's ever any Well, if it's a post office money. and a bank, 
Then, yeah, you know, it's so, like I mean, trying yeah, to get a thousand dollars or you know the, the, the things like that don't seem to be. I mean, it, in in the, the case, it's of, not about that. It's just, not a heist movie. Just so, as in the case of yeah. a lot of European films, like the actual plot doesn't necessarily need to do anything in particular. Like it's a it's about it's about the characters and the things they say right. and like the and how to stylize that. That seems to be how a lot of European films, you know, work. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And, I mean, uh, and especially, like, I mean, I don't know how much French you've watched, but, I mean, yeah, Belgium's, French, Belgium's yeah. pretty close, you know. The French films are like, you know, you, you, you get the the loose bits of a plot and then you hang stuff on it and that's it's like how you Jim Jarmusch's movies or something very Pretty much, char- yeah. character driven types of um, stuff it's, it's definitely not I mean the, the majority of uh, French film has not followed the way of uh, Godard and Truffaut which believe strongly in uh, making Hitchcock films in every <laughs> right, genre yeah. you know uh, but um, it, but it, but yeah you're, you're, right, you're right it's about him being uh, uh, kind of self uh, he's, it's like a self-examining type of thing where Basically, it's uh, everyone's just knocking him the whole film. And right. Yeah. Everyone on new, the news and TV, like, I mean, he really it, it was a, a a big ballsy move on his part to go into this. And you know, it had didn't had hasn't had that much American exposure aside from film festival stuff. It was a big hit. Yeah. It was a big hit somewhere where it played at some film festival. And so, and because of that, it got, got a word of mouth like cult maybe. thing and. And now people really uh, enjoy it as you know in terms of for what it is. Right. But I think it was very big. In, in Europe, I really I think it did pretty well, and it kind of gave him a, him a little bit of a boost. Again, that said, I still we have a rack up front and at Kmart that has uh, um, all these movies that Sony puts out. They put mm-hmm. out a lot of international pictures because right. they just distribute them, and every other one is some pile of garbage. Steven Seagal or Jean Claude Van Damme film. Right, the majority are are Seagal. And he makes fun of the fact that they give Seagal a lot of right. films. Right, yeah, yeah. But. Uh, um, Basically, like you know, he he's he's well enough off, it seems, but like his life, you know, he a lot of marriages that fall apart. Yeah, and his daughter not, doesn't want to live with him because he's kind of a joke. Yeah, and and but but the the, the main thing I think that, that comes out in this is this is a good actor who's been trapped in garbage for years and years and years. I really do think he's a good actor, and this film shows it. Well, we'd, he has, really, we'd have to actually see him doing something other than sort of playing himself to really I, judge I understand, that. I understand that. It's like people said about Courtney Love when she played like a strung-out slut in... Uh, yeah, but, you, but, she was still at, but she was still acting, and this was like, you know what, if he's acting, that's great. Right, yeah. And if he's not, then this is a, this is a very intelligent, deep man with a lot of emotional, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. Of emotional uh, play to, to, to give out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's, and he's uh, actually known as like a smart guy i think he's not like Dolph Lundgren well they give you a little bit of like like him talking about thinking about things and stuff in the background there's like the news is showing some ridiculous collection of interviews with him it seems very haphazard the way it's being broadcast well i think those were real interviews yeah probably and and it's him talking about all his you know i mean a lot of movie stars say so like that especially action stars they always have weird philosophies about life and stuff it's it's just an interesting look into like someone who the, the film is kind of like a parody about his life a little bit and and ends up like you know throwing a, a very interesting situation which is what if you'd thrown an international movie star into an this action situation. star yeah not just a movie yeah, star but he's an not action like star. And, he's not like Steve Carell and, or something you know when, and and for the majority of the thing he's pretty uh, he's pretty impotent in the situation right. he, and he's he's cowering and yeah, he's scared I mean, of him being he's, shot he's like a, everyone he's a else real guy yeah. And he, uh, the only thing he really has to, to uh, going for him is the fact that he's very good-hearted and doesn't want anyone to get hurt. And he, um, he even like the, the the thing he tries to help them out in the beginning with is when they're making the original hostage call. Is right. he's, he's he adds because you know, the setup is 
they make him answer the phone so people think that it's him holding the hostages. Right. It's not the, the criminals that are actually there because no one's seen them yet. Mm -hmm. And so during the phone call, um, he throws in, I need this amount of money, which is the exact money he owes to his lawyers for this right. trial, yeah. uh, sent to, to this law firm. And then they, his, the criminals get pissed and he explains that way they'll know that like, why would a movie star ask for a million dollars? Right. right yeah. But if I, but if I you can't get enough cash to pay my lawyers and that makes more sense that I was asking for a specific number. Yeah. Right. right. So it, he, he does that and ends up screwing him in the end. Of because course it does. Uh, it ends up being an, extor an extortion thing, like he's involved somehow, even though, of course, every single person there was a witness who could say he didn't, wasn't involved. Though he did volunteer to, to, to add that himself. And yeah, right. So, I mean, it, I mean it's he, a he weird really, situation. He really, I mean, he really did orchestrate that element sure, of it. Sure, sure. Um, but, but the whole film yeah. hinges on this this uh, uh, soliloquy where he... he uh, He's sitting in his chair and looks at the camera, and then it raises him up into the rafters. Right, like and it breaks the, the fourth wall. It breaks the fourth wall, and he talks. <laughs> it breaks the fifth wall. He talks for yeah, the fifth wall, the ceiling as well. Yeah. He talks for about five minutes, looking straight at the camera, and uh, he's got real tears, and he's actually emotional, and talks about the wreck of his life, and uh, how he, he turned something with such promise into uh, garbage. And, uh, and like you said, it's kind of hard to gather the point. Of it a little bit, like you understand that he knows well, he screwed up and he needs to but, be better. But the, but the question is, like, what does that have to do with the movie? What did he really screw up? Necessarily? I mean, you get, you get, like, oh, he was good-hearted and blah blah blah. He, he, you know, he goes to fight for his dream, and you know, he, right. he starts with nothing. Well, part of the thing was apologetic because there, yeah. there were the, the scandals he was involved with that basically put an end to his American film career were. A, the drugs, and B, there was a, a really rampant womanizing, but he referred to right. them as his wives. He right, referred yeah, to a yeah. man with ten wives, <laughs> which, which is odd. And in, in America, we, we demonize that because of the uh, the psychotic, right, super far right-wing Mormons who, who marry multiple people and then, you know, face the law because of it. Right. Um, though oh. now, now we have TV shows that glor glorify that. Yeah, everything gets glorified. Well, no, but, but, but he wasn't talking about having ten wives at the same time, was he? No, he was, yeah, he was. He was talking about that because oh, he okay. had, there was an issue where he was, uh, I don't know if he was ever married to multiple people at once, but there was something with oh, like, okay. him and, you know, multiple chicks and people in America consider it, you know, like an adulterous situation. Yeah, right. So anyway, he, he let, he let excess get to him. And yeah. I think the main thing was like, it was someone who was genuinely distraught about the fact that he let the excesses of this thing he had, he had dreamed about his whole life, you know, drop him out of that. Mm -hmm. So now he makes enough money to get by, obviously, because he puts out schlock film after schlock right. film. And he, uh, he, they showed him doing the math and calculating yeah. in that one sh shot, it was, when which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Lawyer, yeah. And then figuring out, well, you know what? Maybe I just want to do one good thing mm -hmm. for cheap or for nothing to try to build some credibility right. back up. Which is which is what this film was. pretty much it was, is. You know, yeah. It was it was kind of a cry for that. I I just always I wonder how did they approach him to do this and convince him without insulting him that this would be a good idea for him to do. I don't know. I mean, how do you do there that, might be an you know? interesting story. Maybe he was involved in the could, could inception you up, of could it. Could you go up to Steven Seagal and do that? I Listen, Steven, I love you. Your career's in the shitter. You're a joke. I like, I'd like to talk to you about how much of a joke you Let's are. Let's do a documentary about your reality show. Okay. <laughs> uh, poor, poor Steven Seagal. I, I mean, not poor Steven Seagal. No, he's no. stealing Jean-Claude Van Damme's films. Right, yeah. He's, he's a guy with heart, and he's short. Guys are doing stuff, yeah. Um, but, but, they, but they make references to a lot of things. It's, it's, it's a film where there's really very little action, but it's about action films. It's about an action film star, mm -hmm. and, the, and uh, everyone... Uh, presumes a certain thing about him and presumes right. a certain thing about uh, the, the culture. And in the beginning, it starts with uh, the two uh, 
Arabic uh, gentlemen who have the film store, right. and they have a conversation about how Arabs are always uh, in Delta the, Force. The, the bad guys, yeah, they're watching Delta. They Force. got it wrong because Chuck Norris is not working for the CIA; he's working for Delta Force. Delta Force definitely made the film, man. Right, they're, yeah. they're, not, they're not like you. They're not well. The Israelis, Israelis they're made not, Delta Force. They're so. not Chuck uh, Norris aficionados, <laughs> right? They should be as video store. Uh, uh, Israelis make every movie. You know that, <laughs> right? But this one was specifically made. Israeli national. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, long form. Israelis, long for. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not it's not the greatest movie by any by any means, um, but it's it's no, just it's it, just such a, an odd thing, and it's such it, a breath of fresh air when it comes to like it's, it's some, somebody yeah. kind of parodying himself, but also completely bearing himself to the world in terms of like you know, I mean, no, no actor would ever speak about themselves in that way and admit the things. I mean, unless they were forced to by a publicist after they'd picked up a hooker on it, like like Hugh Grant or something <laughs> right. like that. But even he just kind of fumbled about it and was and was and was cute and mumbly and right, yeah. and people were like, oh, we forgive you, you know. Like in reality, people just end up you know wearing glasses out in public and then dying up in the hills twenty years later, right. hiding in the public, you know, like I mean, hiding from the public, like. I'm sure Eddie Murphy will at some point. No, I haven't really kept track. I remember uh, fond memories. of Van Damme really did have that like sweet spot of about. When did you say that was? Pro- was it, it was proper mid '90s? Like probably from like '93 to '97. Sweet or something. spot was really earlier than that. That was well. You got you got Universal Soldier. You got a sweet spot, and then you got the residuals, and the residuals build to higher than the sweet spot. I believe the sweet spot is up on the curve. It's not. Okay. The, it's not the apex. So the apex of it is. When you uh, balloon, you grow too big and you fall back to the ground. Right. That's what happens with every actor. Well, so. what do you think was was his balloon then? Time Cop. Well, that whole era with all that stuff right. after after Bloodsport, Kickboxer, and Cyborg. That whole area, Cyborg was not not good, but it was, in, was, but it was in his meteoric rise. Rise. So if you okay. got the late eighties stuff, um, I I I remember uh, all the stuff like uh, like Double Team. Sure, him. sure. And was, I remember yeah. Universal Soldier, mm-hmm. um, Time Cop. I want to say there's at least one or two. Had, I never uh, saw Sudden he, Death. He had this one. Sudden Death was okay. He had this one with uh, Rosanna Arquette. Yeah, right. He, he was, was like on a prisoner. cycle all the time. Yeah, he, uh, he escaped kind of, from, yeah, from like a chain that, gang. That one didn't there was Lionheart, where he was Lionheart. in French Legion yeah. and then had to go fight in the in the parking garages. And then he got all the ones with uh, Rob Schneider and with Yeah, all Dennis the stupid Rodman. ones, yeah. And uh, and that stuff was like a little post. That's on the way down. Yeah, that's, that's definitely on the way, down. way down. So the main, the main thing, the main... Like the balloon area is probably Time Cop, Universal Soldier. Yeah, for sure. That's like the big money stuff. And then but, he came back to the new Universal Soldier. He years gained ago. a claim with you know good starring roles in in basically in Bloodsport. And Bloodsport right. was really the one that was like people were like, wow, this is great. Like I like this kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, Seagal is doing the same. Oh, thing. Oh, we totally forgot. They even talked thing. about it in the movie. Um, uh, hard target. A hard, a hard target is part of the balloon. Absolutely. Yeah, de- yeah. definitely. With and I like how everyone kept blaming him for bringing John Woo to America. <laughs> they weren't blaming. They oh, were no, saying the one guy does. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> he bl- he blames him for that. But he's he like, it's off. your fault. He's like, oh, but he did face off. Like that's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, sure you may have had to sit through hard target, but I brought him face off, <laughs> kind of, you know. And he's I, like, well, what about wind talkers? Like, yeah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's good. How many did, did he do with Cage? Face Off and Wind Talker. I feel like there's a third one in there. I don't think so. After that, he did what? Well, he did Paycheck. He did. Uh, oh right, he did Paycheck. with Affleck. Yeah, I, I don't know what else he did after that. He did Mission Impossible Two. Right. Um, I don't know what, what's he done recently. Red Cliff or whatever. He in America, to, I mean. I don't think he's done anything in America in a long time. Since what? 
maybe since uh, what would you say before Mission Impossible Two? Because I think that happened after Paycheck. Paycheck was Paycheck his last American or, film? Possibly. Wouldn't be surprised. Pathetic. Poor John Woo. Mm-hmm. Every time I, I go through my, I, I have a scant collection of films because I only usually buy my my very favorites or ask right. for them for birthdays or whatever. Yeah. Every time I look through it, I always like even though I've seen it a billion times, my hand kind of stops and starts wavering next to uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, hot handed god of cops. Yeah, hot handed god of cops. Every time. Um, I, I, I can rewatch that. I can I said, rewatch I that. I want to watch Hard Boiled all over and over. And and, and I, don't, I don't even think it's my favorite John Woo film. You were going to come over here and we were going to watch it like two years ago. We I never did, did I we? didn't. No, we didn't because I think uh, I had just watched it recently. Oh. Uh, well, but, do you want to watch it here pretty soon or again? Would you yeah, I'll watch game? it again. I'll watch it again. Uh, I, I just, I, there's, there's, a, a, there's something so cool about it. And it's too long. And I don't like a lot of the characters. It's not in it. super too it's long. It's too long. Is, for, is that the one with the hospital? Videos. Yeah. It's too long. It goes on forever. The third act is like forty minutes. <laughs> uh, I, I think. I think is uh, that the one where he plays the harmonica? Or there's one where he's, he's a hitman, and there's one where he's, he's a, a cop. hitman, and then he's a he's a sax playing cop named Tequila. Right. Yeah. In, in Heart Boiled. Nice. Uh, Hothead and Cotter Cops. But um, I think The Killer's a better film. It's a really good film. Yeah, I think I might like for that one too. Like not when I say really good, I don't mean like actually a good movie, but like for what it is, it's a really well, yeah, good movie. yeah. Like it's it's too much. Obviously, it's over the top and and stupid stuff happens. Like people use uh, muzzle flash to wound people's eyes and and deafen people and things <laughs> like yeah. that. You know, like I'm so good with guns that I could I could you know like put it on the counter and fire it and it cooks something on the other side of the counter. <laughs> or something. It's like that's the, they turn the gun thing into something too far, and then Kurt Wimmer. Uh, Took right. that and, and turned into Dip, ultra ultraviolet and equilibrium. Yeah, he he mostly just writes stuff now. I think he just wrote something huge. He writes a lot of big stuff. Huh. Huh. Well, I wouldn't say that's and his, the best. his little passion projects are right. Yeah, equilibrium and ultraviolet, which were all done with sets. Like I don't know how they could have made made cheaply. They were. They were all like a lot of sets. Oh, yeah, it's all sets and stuff. Like I, I don't know how equilibrium could have been made cheaply, but it didn't make any money. So I imagine. Yeah, they didn't really give him much because they knew it wouldn't. Give me Christian Bale and Tate Diggs, and right. I'll make you guys a fortune. Now that's a guy. Christian Bale is a funny one because it, it, doing things like Equilibrium and um, he, he, I think he did a weird. He had a weird place there before Batman really broke him into a bigger, more movie star level. And even still, he was always a risk taker. Even he would, still, he would do whatever. It's it isn't even like a risk thing. It's like either he just really loves to work and he likes to just play. Like 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 in a real sincere way, I get maybe because like he'll do stuff like Equilibrium where it's like oh yeah you get to just play this you know yeah this ridiculous you, you dystopian blah 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 and you fight with swords and guns and call like, oh, sounds a lot cool I'll do it right. you know because um, he's Paul Hogan because he's Paul Hogan <laughs> and uh, and that then, sounds real nice sign me up for that one real nice I think I'll, I think I'll, I'll I'll take that yeah and. Um, <laughs> And then he'll, and then even after Batman and uh, Prestige and stuff, where he like is a good actor and he does a yeah. good job. I mean, and he's been, a, I mean, he was good in. Um, well, he was good in American Psycho years he was, ago. He was good in um, was a the Spielberg film. Oh sure, when he was Empire a kid, of the yeah. Sun, and then he kid. was in like when he was a little older, he was in a Disney film called Newsies. Newsies, yeah. And like he's he he worked his way up doing, you know, all the requisite work as like you know character roles and side roles. Right, he was roles, he was a bad guy, Shaft. Like yep. 
Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then and he, then, and, but that was, but Shaft was after American Psycho, so he had already, right, yeah, he already yeah. had some starring roles, and American Psycho blew him up. It really right. did. That was because, probably the big because that was like, you know, that's a star making role. Right. Like, and then he had like Laurel Canyon around then. Sure. Too. Yeah. He and he did all the other junk there, but I think the the main thing is like he's done. He does a really wide range of he stuff. Does. He like, does. He'll, he'll do does, Terminator Salvation. He does that. He, he does the Hollywood stuff. But he does the, the Oscar prestige pictures, and he does indie stuff. And right. He did the Machinists, and he does yeah. like he does things that will absolutely stretch his range. He's an actor's actor. He's method, which a lot yeah. of people don't like, but like it tends to work for most. I wonder people. how you method Batman. I don't know. He pretends that someone killed his parents, and he, he walks around <laughs> and gets so, upset all day. I guess so. I, I uh, how you I, there, there's always there's a funny story. Uh, on the most recent random rules thing on uh, AV Club, right. they, they did uh, John Polito. The uh, short little bald guy who's in uh, oh yeah the, the, the guy junk, yeah. the guy that said shit on me a bunch in the crow that he was the uh, yes. he was yeah they, he asked him about the crow at one point but but he asked ask him about, about like the equalizer back in the eighties uh, I think they, I think he played like a child molester no, he was, on, he was like a bad guy in Miami Vice and stuff like, yeah yeah, he, yeah oh yeah he was El Gato in yeah Miami he was Vice. El Gato yeah <laughs> uh, but but they asked him all these things and at one point he tells a funny story about um, work because he uh, he was in Death of the Salesman with Dustin Hoffman on Broadway and Hoffman like. Couldn't do something correctly. He tells this whole story about how Hoffman had to keep going to him and saying, "I can't have you act like this now. I need you to be softer on me because, like, he was Willie and he, he yeah, was yeah. The, the mean guy or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't and, know the play. I don't either. And uh, and so illiterate. Remember? So later. So later, <laughs> they do a little tour like down to Chicago and stuff, and they come back up. And when they come back up, he's he's learned how to deal emotionally with this character because he's a method actor. Right. And uh, and and then Polito says. Uh, Soon after that, he was in Marathon Man with Laurence Olivier, and he came. In, he comes into a scene with him where, at the end, he's going to pull his teeth out and stuff. Right, right. And uh, Hoffman uh, has stayed up for three days, so he can so he can be exhausted, and he's just having a hard time with the scene and stuff. And Olivier says, "Why don't you just try acting? It's much easier." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I love that. I I do. Laurence Olivier craft on method actors. Why don't you just pretend that you're tired? Yeah, it's, and that's the old. Uh, that's the funny thing that uh, what's his name did on Extras. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You see, I'm pretending to be. A, I'm not a real wizard. No, you no, see. No. Yeah. And then I pretend. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think it's um, like Brian Cranston on that AV club. One of the AV club interviews yeah. was talking about like the fun of like you know you're just you're getting paid to pretend to be stuff. But it's a tough thing for actors to admit that that's really you're just doing like what little kids, what all little kids do with yeah. their action figures or when they're outside holding sticks as you're, guns. Yeah, yeah, you're and, just yeah. pretending that some adventure is happening. And, and so, some people can do it better than others. Yeah, and, and, and on film, like people get self conscious when they're right. in front of people or on film. Right. Some people can break through that; they become actors. You know, yeah. and JCVD is probably we'll have to see if what he does next. He got too big. Because of this, or who knows what, to be in Expendables. I think that was a mistake on his part. Very, very possibly. I, th- I think that would have been a decent comeback thing. But considering that, I think he may have been in a, in a, in a mode where he was trying to be like, you know, yeah, what? He, he was like, see, what's see, my character? Where's you know? some more good stuff, you yeah. know? And Expendables is really an expendable film. Right. Which, you know, very much not, so. Which is not a pun. It's just like, but you still, know, it actually I, is. I think he could have done that and shown some levity and then continued to do the other stuff too. You but know? was he going to be the Dolph Lundgren character? Because maybe he didn't like that. That's the guy who betrays all his yeah, friends at yeah, the end. They're like, know, yeah, you can still be part be. of the team. Don't worry about it, buddy. You tried prob- to kill us, but don't worry about it. probably would have been... I mean, it sounds like there wasn't much of a I think they gave Lundgren his role. I think they did. The, the couture character who was kind of the, the weakest. Yeah but, yeah, but I mean, he got to kill Stone Cold. 
<laughs> he did, didn't yeah. he? I, I There's a new see, Stone Cold that just came out. A I bloody rated R violent Stone Cold. I could see we have that. Um, on sale for um, I could see the Expendables again. I'd probably like it better on a second viewing. I mean, you should probably save it to watch that right before Expendables too. <laughs> oh my god! Right. I'm. I. I. Is Stallone? He's directing it now, right? He wasn't. He and wasn't. Then now some I think stuff he is happened, because, and, yeah. like, I think he realized that if he ever needs to make movies his way, he needs to direct. Right. Yeah. He, he, he can't kind of. You can't have Cosmatos do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, have you ever heard? Uh, there, there's a, there's a great uh, interview. You can find it if you if you look it up. It's it's old. Um, it's before I don't know. It's from the late '90s, uh, early 2000s, where uh, some, somebody interviews Kurt Russell. You're right. And uh, it's this long thing where the guy ends up asking him something about Tombstone, uh-huh. and Kurt Russell is psyched to talk about Tombstone. This is this is on the way out. This is on, it's the end of a junket tour. Mm-hmm. And the last guy comes in to interview him, and uh, and he's getting ready to go, and he's like, "Listen, uh, you know, was it uh, for Tombstone? Or no, was it, was, it was no, it was like years for some other movie, years later." And uh, and the and the the, the uh, his makeup man's in the other room packing stuff. He's had the same makeup man for years. It's just this gruff old dude who yeah, does yeah. his makeup, and and it's his like best buddy. And, right, yeah. and that guy's packing up in the other room, and his press people are trying to get him out. And they're like, "All right, let's get out of here. You got a couple minutes." And he's like, "I'm sorry, they're, they're pushing me around here." The guy ends up talk, asking him a question about Tombstone. And he wants to talk about it for like half an hour because he he's psyched about Tombstone. He loves the whole thing. And anyway, it ends up being that uh, I don't know if you ever heard this, but he he ghost directed Kurt he, Russell did yeah, he directed Tombstone and he cut himself out. We've talked about this before. Right, he yeah, cut, yeah. Cut, cut himself out of tons of the films so he could get all these other actors to sign on to it to play the characters. Right, because. It really was a movie about Wyatt Earp. It ends up being, you know, like right, there's yeah. Wyatt Earp popping Doc, in key Doc Holliday, sort of the main guy. In some exactly, movie. and uh, and he says. Uh, you have to get a like professional director though to ghost direct so that it looks like you you, you're, you got it on the level. And so he's talking to Sylvester Stallone about it one day. He goes, "Use my guy, use Cosmatos. He doesn't direct at all. I directed Cobra." <laughs> and he's like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, I I've directed everything." He's like, "Cosmatos just comes in and sits there." So and, like, who? So the, the, now the ultimate question we have is is who directed Tango and Cash? Because Cosmatos was on Tango and Cash. Uh, that's a and good question. Russell that's and a good question. Do you think, do you think uh, Russell? Tango and Cash was before Tombstone, so I guarantee you St- Stallone had a lot of input Probably, when he came to the yeah. direct, director's chair. I'll, I'll bet, oh uh, yeah. But, he's, but he he told a story about like Cosmato's falling asleep and like while while things were getting shot, like Cosmato, like where's where's the director? He's like seventy like, oh, years old in the, in yeah. the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> You know, get him out here. He's he's in there mumbling something about fish head factory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I, I love I love finding those interviews where someone gets really psyched to talk about something. Oh yeah, he was thrilled to talk about Tombstone and how he was like, "There's so much stuff we left on the cutting room floor," and like he was like, "I would love to do a cut of this if the studio wanted to like." Yeah, actually release like a, a version on, a, on an anniversary of it. He's like, I don't know how much people love it anymore, and the guy's like, Oh, everyone loves it still, and like, yeah. he's like, I would love to, you know, but but I can't, I can't talk about the scenes and stuff because it's like, you know, secret stuff and all this junk. And and but but he was super psyched about Tombstone. This was like, I, I don't even know what the movie was. It was probably some uh, romantic comedy that he cameoed in or something. <laughs> right. Like that. Yeah, Russell seems like a good guy. He does. He really does. Yeah. Um, He's got the whole Disney. I don't think movie. he's much of an actor. Uh, I don't. Know. I watched something like Big Trouble in Little China, and there are some comedic moments in that that are so hard to do right, especially nowadays when everyone's trying to like reach the camera. He plays the same guy unless he's playing Snake Plissken. And, he, and even Snake, Plis- Snake Plissken that? is kind of thin. Plissken is thin, but at least it's like <laughs> yeah. growling, scowling. <laughs> and usually it's just like, hey, come on, guys, come on, let's. 
what are we gonna do here? Like, you know, like let's I love. What are we gonna? What are you arguing about? Let's get out of here. Come on. That, that sounded like De- uh, Dennis uh, yeah. Farina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen some of his more. Um, I mean, I think it was kind of. Have you pretty, seen like Dark Blue and stuff like no, that? No, I haven't seen that. It's, it's great. It, he and he's decent in it. But he just plays himself, like he plays Kurt Russell. But isn't he the bad guy? Well, you know, he's a he's a corrupt cop. Yeah, I mean, but uh, you know, he's pretty much the protagonist. There's Scott Speedman too, who's like the good. He's the goody goody. Right. Yeah. You know, just just like in uh, what's it called, Keanu Reeves, Street Kings, or whatever. Street Kings. It's yeah. just that same old thing. You know. Uh, but but anyway, the, about Kurt Russell, like you know, I he's he's probably much more accepted as a professional actor mainstream than someone like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right, yeah. But I think Jean-Claude Van Damme seriously has acting chops and I think he can show a great range. I've never seen Kurt Russell cry or pretend to cry. Yeah, I don't know. He glares at people and yells. Right? Yeah, he does what he does and he does it well. And I'm not saying he's bad because he's great and he's in one of my favorite movies of all time. The thing, and yeah. uh, and he's awesome in a lot of other stuff and I think he's totally cool and I love the fact that he worked with John Carpenter so much. And, yeah. And uh, I totally respect the guy and I, I like uh, actors who seem cool outside of right. acting and he seems like one of those guys who would just be a great guy to hang out with and talk with and stuff like that. And Jean-Claude Van Damme seems like someone who who has like... No one has ever tapped his potential because he came into the game as an action star and, and you get stuck doing Kind that of a foreign joke, that. sort of. Like, oh, yeah. you can kick high? Okay, we'll have you do that. Oh, you do the split so you can do that? Uh, people, that'll wow people. Com- compare him to the other people from his time. Dolph Lundgren, garbage. Trash actor, right? He mumbles He mumbles in a low voice. He's, he's, he's trash. He really yeah. is. Don't try to defend him. I'm not, no, uh, I'm, just, I, I just, I'm trying to think because based on this one movie, what, what if, what I'm not what sure Brandon, what else. would Brandon Lee have done? If he had if he had survived the ordeal that is the crow, because um, everything he was in before that, he was trash for the most part. He does this jokey thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's kind he, of he can't play anything serious. Not really. Even in Rapid Fire, he's um, kind of. St- uh, Stallone is a good actor. Stallone's a good actor. Yeah. Uh, Schwarzenegger is a terrible actor, and he always has been, and that's part of the charm of his films. <laughs> right. But he is a he is a tremendously awful. Screw actor. you, Benny. <laughs> he's and I mean he I gives, watched he that movie his like all two months ago. I can watch a movie again. Oh sure, he, he gives his all, which is great. He gives it. He gives it to you. He gives you everything he's got. Yeah, he just doesn't have much. It just it just is like he throws it off the screen. And he screams and he gets bug eyed. And does that whole thing? Well, but he is a terrible damn actor, just awful. The thing about it is that, like, and he's and he doesn't look like a real person. And that's the thing is, like, you put him in any role in any movie, and he just looks fake because he's just this enormous guy with triceps that are like ripping out the back of his shirt. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, and no matter what you do to him, it just does. He does not look like a real person. Right. But man, and he seems like a good enough guy. Yeah. Uh, we know he's not, obviously. But <laughs> well, we we know what we know. Yeah. He, he he's banged like seventeen women a year since he was fifteen, right? Oh my gosh. Um, the thing about it is, I don't know. I mean, with Stallone, you know, because you've seen him do things like Copland and yeah. and other things. But with um, with Lundgren or with. Schwarzenegger, I don't know if they ever did that Jim Carrey, like, this is going to be my serious movie. Did Stallone, did anyone ever no, think but, anything but, he did was trying to... him stretching into comedy was, into a, big, comedy, was a big yeah. deal. And well, he was good, though. He was but, good in but, uh, Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop is good despite despite Schwarzenegger. The, 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 the charm of that film is putting him, like, right. the first time you see him, he's like got a grizzly beard, he's, huge. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's wearing uh, the, the, the V-neck t-shirt with a trench coat over it, and the cop glasses, and, and a shotgun. toothpick, and a shotgun, yeah. and he's like, 
you know, and he's trying to blow away this guy, and he's throw toss people, and then you take that character and you tell him he has to shave and go teach some kids. Yeah, that's awesome, right? right. So, funny, yeah. so, and then and then you know, all he has to do is get upset at the kids and get angry at them. Right. You know? yeah. That is probably his best acting job, I would say. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but look at last look at last action hero, much. which is supposed to be self-referential and winking yeah. and stuff compared to JCVD and tell me which is the better acting job. Oh, I I mean the diff- I mean JCVD is like a drama straight up. A, dra- a dramatic action heist and Last Action Hero is a comedy. Let's be honest. It's mostly a comedy. In the few moments when he realizes that he's not a real person or whatever and he's listening to Mozart sitting there I think he actually that scene. No, 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 no. That scene where he does that, he goes, "Wait, wait, what is this music?" And he like kind of like looks around with the, with the squint. <laughs> right, right. He's a terrible actor. Okay, That's awful. Okay, I, I remember it differently. I yeah, remember the kid waking up and he was just no. no he shushes the kid so he can hear the Bach oh, or whatever okay, is playing. No, yeah. I guess it is Mozart. Mozart. But he's like, this is the man the practice kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that is one of my like top like. Top jokes ever is that they wrote a character Whose name just so they could do that stupid line. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, they had to know it'd be F. Murray too because of he course. was the one who killed Mozart. Right? So yeah. That, while they're writing that, you think uh, Black is like, "Can we get F. Murray?" And they're like, "Yeah, we can get F. Of course, Murray. we can get F. Murray." Yeah, he's not. He's he's, he's, he's falling sign, far. He's man. signing up for the uh, sci-fi movies. Right, he's doing Blood Monkey. <laughs> In between Blood Monkey one and three, <laughs> they already shot two. It's a weird prequel thing. Yeah. It's like missing an action to the beginning. Blood Monkey 2 <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> no, um Yeah, I mean I'll, I'll be curious to see what he does do and um Who F. Murray? No, yeah, him him and John Claude should team up. Okay, now to get back to 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 this movie, to, to a little criticism here. It it's one of those movies that isn't long but feels long and part of that is because of the way they structure that the first the, the act structure with, is a major problem with with, with, with um it seems a little you needless. watch the first act yeah. like twice Confused. two and a half times yeah. you watch you know, Ashton Kutcher comes in at the end of it yeah right two and a half times. <laughs> uh, it, it it's one of those things and it's another choice I believe that happens in a European film uh, which is like you know, it's almost like you know what to, to be stylish let's do things needlessly. Because right. we don't have much going on. Yeah. And you, know, it, it, you and I could have written that film and made it like a ridiculous action film where he actually does turn out to be that stuff and he right. can really wrestle with his demons and, uh-huh. and really just you know o- overdo it. But it's like a very subdued thing. Made for little money, though. There's a lot of extras and junk in it, like on the street Yeah, you, you could have done more with the... With the actual heist stuff, or, sure. or, or yeah. with the people in the bank, yeah. Instead of just giving of g- giving us like the, the the conversation with the two video guys who right. show, who aren't in it at the anymore, right? Uh, or they try it's, to give you a little more in on everything but Van Dam, pretty much. Is, yeah, is what it is, and and that, that's it's sort of yeah. So it makes it. But that first act, then you're right, is a problem, and it it's makes like, you confused you for no reason. And, and if you still count that as the first act, like you don't know exactly what's going on. With the bank and everything right. until like half an hour into it, yeah. like you know, uh, I don't know. Like the inciting incident doesn't happen ten minutes into it. It's, it doesn't really follow the Hollywood structure in terms of that stuff. Well, I mean, the gunshot happens maybe ten Not minutes. That quick. No, because he starts with a. Oh, right, that, that action They use you know, a hook. They use a hook so they don't need the inciting. Event. And then they go to the trial. Right. And then you go to him talking on the phone a few times. And then he goes. Uh, those guys are talking. And then he shows up in the street. Right. And then he's going to the post office. It takes forever. 
and that's the first time you see it, right? Right. So, yeah. yeah no, the, the, there's. Uh, it's not a perfect movie by any means. I mean, it's a. It's kind of a mess. It's a three-star three film out of five. Yeah, I, would I say. think I think I agree. Um, but you know, it it wouldn't even exist if not for him. It's just, it's mm-hmm. the thing about him. It's something to you know develop him as a as a as a person on screen. You know, as little as that makes sense, yeah. and then just wrap a film around that. Yeah, and and I and I don't know how he was not involved in the creation. He must it. have been. On like he might have been, but I mean, it's, it was it was made by some filmmaker. You know, like, right? Written and directed. I don't know. Three out of five. It was uh, interesting. It's an interesting movie. It's it's a watch, and you know what? Well, it, watch it. Watch it with uh, subtitles. Yeah, because it, it, it's his, only. I, I was actually very moved when I saw his soliloquy scene when, yeah. when he's uh, speaking in in French, and mm-hmm. uh, I I was I was like, this is incredible. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, this. I can't believe that this is the guy who, you know, uh, Lance Henriksen was trying to shoot with a crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> right, and Lance Henderson, he forgot that the, the the connection will still get made on the grenade. Just because you unscrewed it, you have to actually separate it. Yeah. I mean, like you screwed up there, Lance. You screwed up, man. I mean, Wolfer Brutley got you. Don't you think there should have been one of those things where, right in the middle of the movie, Ice T comes running through, and then they stop and look at each other, and like, <laughs> like their hey, guys, their guys yeah, chase yeah. them. Yeah, you know? like they should have done that. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah. Surviving the gang. Surviving the gang with Buse. Yeah, what are you doing? I'm just surviving the gang. And then, uh, and then that's got F. Murray also, and yeah, Danny, the son, yeah. and he throws a rock sack, and then smash zoom into F. Murray screaming. As the sun falls with the acting. <laughs> Why don't you just pretend that your sun is falling? <laughs> Why don't you try acting? Yeah. I love what, that. What if uh, F. Murray was such a method actor that they actually threw his son off the of- <laughs> 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 I, I mean, I think for some... Oh, Murray, sorry, we didn't get that. <laughs> for certain things, uh, a degree of like... I mean, obviously... Check the gate. Research and... And other things like it makes sense, but I wonder did, did did that story conclude with Hoffman sort of realizing, yeah, you know what, I think I, I don't because it was the random roles thing. He just that's as far as he went. They yeah. had a good chuckle about it. Right, the yeah. next movie. They talked about the Coen Brother movies a lot. He's in like five of them, but yeah, he he, he shows. I, I'm always glad when I hear that um, about people like that that you like recognize those character actors that always kind of seem like they're relegated to playing like the same kind of yeah. typecast. All, all those jerks. people they've talked to have been so gracious and like they're like. They're like, isn't it awesome that like? Well, that's why they keep getting hired. I do this for a living. You know, like I get to be in all these rad movies with these amazing actors, and like, and Polito's gay, and so he kept talking about all the beautiful boys he got to see. (laughs) Like he's such a beautiful boy. Like he's such a handsome man. Like such a beautiful (laughs) man. I get. I just talking about, and then and then the funny thing is they get the Big Lebowski's last thing he asks him about, and he talks about how disgusting uh, uh, Jeff (laughs) Jeff Bridges looked and smelled (laughs) in one scene. Shot them. He was like, he looked just like he smelled. He was just. You know, just he he like the acting was so great because he was just playing such a hideous, awful person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like that's after he just kept talking about how everyone was so beautiful and everything. And uh, it was funny that the Coen brothers apparently they originally wanted the character of the Dane in Miller's Crossing to be the Swede, and they mm-hmm. wanted Peter Stormare to be it. Yeah. Uh, when that fell through, they wanted to hire him to play the Dane, right? Polito, which makes no sense, right? Yeah, because he's not Danish. Well, not not that. Not I haven't that. seen that movie in so long. The, the Dane is his even... big tall enforcer, right? Guy yeah, who right. Was gay with the mink. Okay, sure. Yeah, right. He has so many good lines. That, that, that the movie, mink, dude. The yeah, I got to receive it in awesome Blu-ray, ones. right? Yeah, I'll, I'll get when that. Comes out. We should do that. First. I will definitely. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll order it like now. If it comes, pre-order out. it. Order it now. I'll, I'll, I will order now. I will now. Yeah, yeah. Polito. 
Oh, shit on me. Shit on me. <laughs> you remember that now? <laughs> it's just funny. To, because, because the whole interview, uh, all the commenters afterwards also were like, I just imagined him talking in that voice from uh, from Miller's Crossing the entire time, which is like a vo- his voice in a lot of things. Yeah. But his voice from uh, A Rocketeer is really like the one. And, uh, and, and he's in like, you know, Barton Fink, or he's, right. the, he's the guy who's the stoolie for the, the, uh, the uh, ex- executive, the studio exec, and like... <laughs> yeah. uh, They should do a movie where he is in a bank that gets robbed. <laughs> he talks about his career. <laughs> he talks about his career. And all the beautiful boys. <laughs> all the beautiful boys. Uh, they asked him about Elgato and everything. <laughs> they did ask about Elgato. In the clip they show, it looks like he's wearing a medallion of the uh, the Thundercats. And, <laughs> and someone, <laughs> some, they talk about that for a while and someone's like, that's not a that's not a Thundercat thing. That's a Mercury Cougar. <laughs> it's, like either way, it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's no, from I remember that when that. I was a kid. I think one of my grandparents had a Mercury, and I was like, "Wow, it's like the Thundercat." Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Either way, why would he have that around his neck? Because he's right? a gato. He's a cat. Yeah, but Thundercats. <laughs> Thundercats didn't exist when it was being made yet, right? I, maybe. No, come on. My advice was like early eighties through through what like. Miami Vice was, like, well through the 80s, I think. When was Thundercats? It was... 87? Okay, yeah, it was probably mid to late 80s, yeah. 